never called me a fat ass Kelly Price. Hello, welcome back to the very first official episode of Fat People with Opinions. I'm fat person number one. And I'm fat person number two. <laughs> and welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. This is Isaiah. And this is Taylor. And we're back here. And, and we're fat. To talk about fat topics. Oh, I had a moment. And I just drew about it. But I had a moment this week where I had a realization Mm -hmm. about weight. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? So I went to the, for those of you who don't know, we talked about this last time, but I go to the gym every day. Every day. Every day. So I went to the gym and I haven't been on the scale. Like, niggas don't get on the scale unless they're going to the doctor. So. I don't get on the scale frequently. So I got on the scale and I was 294 pounds. And I was like, well, is that like, what is that for you? Cause like, what's your baseline? Is that heavy for you or? Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, so when I was in the height of like Isaiah, Isaiah's mission to be thin, which was never truly a mission because who wants to be that? But <laughs> who wants to be thin? No, I'm playing. Um, I my goal was to get down to two thirty because I'm a six foot one, tall, Yogi Bear, <laughs> juicy ass <laughs> nigga. So I was like, okay, I think a sweet spot for me because I have no interest in being skinny at all. So I always like wanted to keep like you know a little bit of weight curve that kind of thing. So two thirty is where I. 230 was what my mission was. I hit that and I was like, I don't really like the way that this looks on me. I don't really like the way that this feels. So I was gaining. So I was like, let me do um, a little bit of walking. So I focused more so on weight training and like having protein shakes and making sure I'm really meeting my protein. And that's been going on for the past like two years. And to now be like 290 when I originally, when I started this whole thing, I was like 350. I'm, I'm closer to 350 than I am to 230. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't want to be 230. The sweet spot for me is like 250, 260. And I'm like... So really you're only like 30 pounds over what you, you want to be. But it's so wild though, because I feel like two... Weight is, is really the biggest like scam of American <laughs> life. Like it really is the biggest yes, scam. It goes weight and then college. Right. And it goes <laughs> and then like taxes. Ta- okay. Taxes just <laughs> so the words right from my mouth. It literally is the biggest scam because how is it the case that you one, you can be working out every single day and you're gaining weight. But then also like I and this is I don't know if this is me just like suffering from internalized like fat phobia, but I don't feel like I look that way. I don't either. I don't feel like you look that way either. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel like I, my my perception of my body, like when I look at myself in the mirror, doesn't align with the number. So, and I, and I was like, is that fucked up for me to be thinking this? Because I'm like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, if you are if you do look like you weigh 294 or, 294 or 350, that you look bad. But to me... No, I don't think that's what you're saying. I think what you're saying is you don't feel like you look... 294 right and my question is why if you feel that way does the number matter so much it does it really doesn't because what did we say last week like 
I am content with my, and it's crazy because I've been saying this for like the past couple of months. I've been saying I'm completely content with my body in terms of my journey and the way my body is configured and, you know, being, you know, a curvy man and thick, fat, juicy, whatever synonym you want to use, man. Um, and the only thing I've ever wanted was like just like a flat, tall stomach because I have excess skin for when I lost all that weight. So... For me to be like 294 is crazy because it's like immediately I felt this reaction to like want to do something. It was like, I need to lose because it's, I'm getting too close to this 300 threshold that's like so bad. Yeah. As opposed to just being like literally before I got on the scale, I was completely content right. with my body. That's the part like, that's so trippy about weight. Like, because you were completely fine, completely happy with where you were. Until the moment you saw that number. It's so, and it's now it's like, number. oh my God, I need to lose. But like, you didn't feel that way five minutes ago. I, it's so wild that the scale can have you feeling so way. That's why I hid mine. <laughs> mine doesn't get to come out. And, I, it, it, and it should stay there and never come out because it's really just disrespectful. And I'm trying not to like internalize this whole thing and really feel like and react based off of that number. But I'm like, do I want to lose weight? Do I feel like dieting? These are all the questions that I immediately asked asking myself because I felt uncomfortable by that number. And it just makes me think of like, really don't get on the scale. <laughs> don't get on the scale. The scale will tell you lies. It is the devil. Lies. Don't, don't get on the scale. No, but like, this is why we say everyone's journey with weight, weight loss is so specific. Mm -hmm. It's so specific because the numbers vary so much from person to person. And your reaction to those numbers could be completely different than what someone else who saw that number would mm -hmm. react like. Like, I texted my friend about it, and her, and it's crazy because everyone's reaction to it was, how do you feel about the number? Right. It wasn't like, that's a lot. That's bad. It was, how do you feel about it? Because it's not, like, society will have you thinking that a certain number is bad. Right. Specifically because of how weight is distributed on one type of body. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the baseline of good and bad is based on, like, a skinny European man. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's not you. No. A skinny European woman is not me. Right. So, my, quote-unquote, healthy weight is not going to be the same as what it is at the doctor's office on right. that, little, that little list, right? So, you feel like you're getting closer to 300 and that's bad for you, but that's based on some societal standard that, does, that has nothing to do with you. Right. When and I had no mirror. business in creating. I was not at that meeting, bitch. <laughs> I was not invited You were there. not. And nobody who looked like you was at the invited. meeting. Okay, they did not. I was not a sitting committee member on in, <laughs> on that board, okay? So I don't feel like I should be ha held responsible for attaining that specific number when really, like we just established, I was content right. with... How the, you looked, how you felt. Yeah, so then now it's like, I've been doing this whole thing within my head about like whether or not I am going to lose or whether or not I'm going to lose. I mean, I'm still going to go to the gym. I'm always going to go to the gym. That's just something I enjoy. And it's crazy because it's like, I have only solely been focusing on like, not like gaining more so, but in, in the latter part of my journey, not more so gaining, but like, like how, like fitness related metrics. Right. Like being on the stair stepper for 30 minutes and doing 200 floors in mm -hmm. that 30 minutes lifting as much as I possibly can, like like getting my personal best in terms of the leg press or squats or whatever. Like those are the things that I've been paying attention to more so than it's been like getting a smaller waistline yeah. or like dieting or going 
And you also have to remember that muscle weighs more than fat. I know that sounds so cliche and people who are like trying to lose weight hate hearing that shit, but muscle weighs more than fat. So when you got down to 230 and you weren't happy with it, so you started building muscle, yeah, it's going to it's going to push the scale up a little yeah, bit because muscle is heavy and you're out here lifting and being on the stair climber for six hours. Right. Really, the, th- the thing is, as long as I'm able to fit the wardrobe that I have, it's really the biggest <laughs> thing because I don't have money to get a new one. Correct. Okay, so if, 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 as long as my clothes are not, you know, tearing to shreds <laughs> when I breathe, <laughs> then we should be fine. But that's really how I've been. So, you know, just been kind of figuring how I feel about that. So, anything else to catch up on? No, no. nothing else exciting happened this week. No, I mean it was my friend's birthday, and we went Ooh. to New York, and that was really really fun. So, did you get drunk? I did, and I also went to Good the Museum of Sex. Oh, yeah. Okay. We didn't actually. Okay, so <laughs> I'm excited to do a sex episode, guys. Look forward to that. That should be really really fucking fun, but. <laughs> The, it was annoying because we didn't get there till 10 o'clock and apparently in New York the Museum of Sex their box office closes at 10 so they stopped selling tickets yeah. but they had like this front section where you can see different sex toys and stuff so we were there just being children and like playing with the dildos <laughs> like that's what I'm gonna tell you though I'm gonna be in New York this weekend I'm gonna have to look that place up see if I can find time to go which part are you gonna be in? are you gonna be like I'm gonna be in Manhattan Okay. In like the nomad area. The nomad area. We were in, I mean, we were in like the, tour, obviously the touristy Times Square. For yeah. those of you who live in New York, we don't know nothing about nobody. New York geography nope, don't come we to us. We don't. Please don't. Oh I God. just learned that the borough I'm going to be in is Manhattan earlier today. So <laughs> don't, don't come, come for me. <laughs> don't come for us. I'm sorry. But yeah, we were in like the touristy Times Square part. But then we ended up going to Chelsea and I went to this place called Boxers. Ooh. So there's two Boxers locations. There was one in Chelsea, and there's another one. I don't know where it is, but that's like the black one. <laughs> At first, we went to the the um what's the what's the politically correct word for it the the one that was populated more with Latinx people than it was black people. Okay. We went to that one, and it was cute. That was giving me like pool hall bar okay. more so than it was giving me club. The music was good though, but nobody was really dancing, yeah. and there were no niggas there. Mm-mm. So I said, it's time for me to depart. It's time for me to make way to greener pastures. To greener pastures. So I, you know, pulled my magic. And I just started asking niggas where the niggas were. And they told <laughs> me to go to this other location called Boxers HK. And that one was really, that was like a club. Like, niggas were in there. <laughs> and it was, it was first of all, a $10 cover. We can really have a whole episode about cover charges for getting into clubs because I really have a lot to say. Yes, and it, it differs based on how you look. I don't want y'all to think that the cover is the same for everybody. In gender, not... too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're not going to act like that is comparable <laughs> to any of the gender bias against, like, women and femme people, but... No, but there is, like, a a gender thing when it comes to getting into clubs if you're not a woman specifically a good looking woman you can expect to pay full price and it's like such it's rooted in misogyny so it really isn't like a gain for women when you think about it no it's like because <laughs> it's like you have the only reason they want you to be in this club is because they're objectifying you they're saying that we want you in this club so that you can look cute mm-hmm. and niggas can think that it's popping and mm-hmm. spend money buying you drinks mm-hmm. when it's like I'm not paying $60 to get in your club, Miami. At all. It's, it's going to be a hard no for me. 
Because uh, I can buy out. three bottles and go party in my hotel room. Thank okay. you. Okay, I'll party outside of the club. And look at y'all <laughs> looking crazy in there, unhappy. Spending $60 to on. be sweaty. Oh, my God. And then the, the venue wasn't even big. So I was like, we're in here and I can't, you know, Lorianne Gibson, two-step, mm-hmm. boom, cat. I can't do any of that because I can't move. Like, what's going on? So... But I don't yeah, think that, I'm going to have time to do clubs and stuff while we're in New York this weekend. Those of you don't mm-hmm. know, I'm going there for work, kind of. I'm in a fashion show. Ooh, yes, she is. Come on, fashion. So you're going to see, I mean, if you if you follow my my Instagram and are subscribed to me on my YouTube, you'll see all of the things related to that fashion show this weekend. I'm going to post all of that. So make sure you follow me at Taylor Renee. Haha, <laughs> shameless plug. That's so exciting. Did you get to see, like... Your garment is it a fashion show where you have to bring a piece, or are they no? They so they when they when I did the uh, initial interview, I told them that I was crafty. So mm-hmm. the whole purpose of this fashion show is to be like an anti Victoria's Secret fashion show. Mm-hmm. You know how Victoria's Secret you have to be a certain size and a certain length Point to be length. in that show. <laughs> you have to measure in a certain inches. Correct. You have to have a long neck. Anyway. <laughs> For this fashion show, it is the opposite. So they take people of all body types, all skin types, all backgrounds, disabilities, anything, uh, and put you on the stage. You do have to go through an interview process, obviously, but your size and weight doesn't matter. Mm. So when I did the interview process, I told them that I was crafty. So I was like, I'm really looking forward to DIYing my own wings. And they were like, okay, that's exciting. So when they sent me my garment, it was white. And so you're like, wearing wigs. Taylor, I'm there. Because yes. that's such a unique thing to do. Like, I'm, okay, this garment is cute. It was really going to no. set this yes. off is mm-hmm. wings. The I need wings. them to be sequined. We need feathers. We need... They're actual flowers, actually. There's flowers. They're flowers. We need vegetation. Correct. On, in flora and fauna mm-hmm. on the wing. Flora and fauna. Fauna on the wing, yes. Come so on. they sent me a white garment, and I ended up dyeing it. So I DIY'd that as well. Go off, bitch. You're going to be out here. It's going to look great. I'm excited. You have your shoes yet? I don't. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do because I don't want to do heels because you know a bitch can only walk for so long in them. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. I want to do is like a nice white combat boot and Come then like on. add flowers maybe to the top of it. I don't know yet, but like the show is Sunday, so I need to get it together. <laughs> I like in my head. I like the juxtaposition of like a hard, like a hard textured piece mm-hmm. with like something more like feminine, traditionally feminine, mm-hmm. and like. Cute and dainty. That'll be cute. I'm excited. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Represent for us. <laughs> okay, Isaiah. What is the skinny for this week? So today we're going to be talking about the body positivity movement. So I wanted to kind of offer a little bit of context for last week's discussion about that person's post, where essentially they said like the body positivity movement enables fat people to participate in like adverse behaviors. So. I was reading this article on rewire.org. I was doing some Googling to prepare for this week's episode. I was like, this this article is really providing everything that I need. I'm not going to read the article. I suggest you go read it. It's called um, Why the Body Positivity Movement is Turning Some People Off. And it was published January 17, 2019. And the writer, Gretchen Brown, and essentially it just provides like a kind of like a soft timeline for like the the evolution of the body positivity movement. But one of the things that was so fascinating about the article was, well, first let me just read you what the the mission statement of the body 
positivity movement is. Words are hard. Okay. Difficult, challenging things. Body positivity is a social movement rooted in the belief that all human beings should have a positive body image while challenging the ways in which society presents and views the physical body. So I read that and I was like, okay, on its surface, like you just look at it, take all of everything else outside of it. You just look at the mission Mm -hmm. of the body positivity movement. I'm like, okay, this is something that I can see value in. Mm -hmm. Something I can get behind. Something that I can get behind. And in the article, they offer criticisms. And the criticisms that I she was discussing weren't really related to the actual mission of the movement as much as it was more so about the way that the movement has gained traction and kind of gotten into more of like a mainstream audience and how it has essentially been kind of co-opted mm-hmm. and watered down. Yeah, when you when you brought this up when we were brainstorming this episode, I was thinking how most of the criticisms that are going to come about the body positivity movement mm-hmm. are going to be based on how it's seen from the outside and not on what its initial mission was. Right. The same thing happens with like most things, right? Like Black Lives Matter. It's, right. it's the same thing happens for everything. Feminist movement. Right. It's like, all about we 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 don't like what it looks like, not we don't like what it actually is. Right. And it's crazy to me how many people have opinions on things that they know nothing about (laughs) that they know nothing about they have not researched (laughs) at all so i was like let me just start from the place of the mission essentially the timeline is kind of like i I don't know if you remember that dove campaign that they did where they essentially was like an ad i mean it was in 2004 so you know niggas were still you know children Children. right (laughs) (laughs) were still children i was paying attention to advertisement but this was this is cited as like the beginning of like the push for body positivity where they had an ad and essentially just featured so many different women of varying shades and sizes. And, you know, essentially, let me see what their tagline was. I also want to point out that a lot of times when advertisers are doing things related to the body positivity movement or really when anyone does anything related to body positivity movement, it's only about women. Mm. And I know that like women are the ones most of the time who are criticized for their bodies, but we're not the only ones. I just want to point out that men have body image problems as well. And that you guys should love your bodies just as much as we do. Right. And then also one of the things I was reading just to, to piggyback off your point was that body positivity, and this, we can talk about whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing. Body positivity initially was really founded in, like, the fat acceptance movement. Uh Like, it was primarily fat women saying that we are tired of this traditional beauty standards. And not even just beauty standards, but just, like, being discriminated against just solely for being fat. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not something that... There's not any specific policy that we see behind it, but we know it's happened. We know that people regulate and police fat bodies. Mm -hmm. When they are operating in space, we know for the simple sake of them being fat. Not it's, it really has nothing to do with being unhealthy or anything. It's just about being aesthetically pleasing, right? So the the movement essentially started from that place, and then it transferred. Um, it kind of grew out to be more um, inclusive of different body types, not only di- different body types, but different like statuses of ability became a part of the body positivity movement, mm-hmm. and. It's interesting because it's like, I I see the value in in opening the tent up to more people to come in so that way they can 
um, see themselves represented in different aspects of media. But I'm also like, I don't want us to lose that fat acceptance right. portion of it. Right. Because I think what's happening is the mainstream, the way that they're, and this is what the writer talked about, and this is the point that I agree with, the, the mainstream, the way that they see and hear and, um, like, their reaction to the movement is to lift up a specific kind of body. Mm-hmm. And they reference specifically Ashley Graham in this in this article. They lift up size 14s. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would call them smaller fats, curvy, thicker. And you have to also think about what type of plus size body we're talking about. I mean, right. let me clarify and say that everyone in the entire world should love their body no matter what it is. And that's literally I do the 100% believe that. However, Ashley Graham, while a plus size model, has a flat stomach. Mm-hmm. So her being the face of things doesn't, she doesn't represent me, you know, because right. my stomach is far from flat. Right. So when we're talking about lifting up bodies that and being positive about certain size bodies, are we talking about all of the plus size bodies, all of the fat bodies, mm-hmm. or are we talking about the ones who have flat stomachs and are still aesthetically pleasing? Right. In in her case, in this, they mentioned this in the article as well. I'm, we should post this article in the link so they can, um, in the okay. show comments so they can reference it. Okay. But they say that Ashley Graham, according to her, um, what is it called? Like her modeling agency mm-hmm. that represents her, she's a size 14. And a size 14 is just plus size. Like, I think maybe 12 starts plus size. Right. I think 10 is still a straight size. And we we so. can have a conversation about that. Yes. Like, <laughs> because how is that plus size when the average, and they said this, the average size is like a size 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. And let's talk about what the purpose of models are. like what, 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 To show us what the clothes are going to look like on our bodies. Right. To to model, to be a, a way of seeing ourselves mm-hmm. in somebody else as they wear the specific garment, right? Yeah, a way of seeing ourselves in the garment. Because so, when I buy clothes, I want to know what it looks like on a body. But if that body don't look like mine, what's the point? What's the point? So, to model means that you should have bottles <laughs> that are representative of, of the people you're selling to. Which means fat bitches. Correct. So <laughs> I don't understand why we wouldn't have models that have varying different, you know, body types so that that way we can actually see the clothing perform on people to say, oh, I would want to purchase that because she has a body like mine right. or he has a body like mine. And this is something that I feel like I can see myself in because mm-hmm. that's literally what the purpose of modeling is. Well, you, one would argue, I guess there's another camp that would argue that this is supposed to be about selling fantasy. This is supposed to be selling about... Okay, but what is fantasy? I mean, there yes, there are size 2 people in fantasies, for sure. But there are size 28 people in fantasies, too. Right. My nigga likes me, so his fantasy would involve me, a <laughs> size 22, you know? Right. So who are you selling his fantasy to? Because my nigga don't like size 2 women, you know? That's not his fantasy. So who? So what is it? And how? Why are we divorcing this concept of a fantasy from fat people? Right. Like it's like you do understand that like it's like when people were coming for um like the Hunger Games after they watched the Hunger Games and they were like I didn't feel as bad when Rue died because she was black. Meanwhile, they didn't obviously didn't read the book, but that's right. neither here nor there. But it's like there people the way that they react to fantasy and, like, their escapism is that it's always rooted in, like, a very specific kind of person, usually right. white, usually skinny, mm-hmm. usually, you that know, That was the whole thing with, um, 
Ariel, the new Little Mermaid, right. and then they cast Halle, Halle Bailey, mm-hmm. the singer. And she's black with locks, and everybody's like, no, she can't be a mermaid. Mermaids aren't black. Meanwhile, mermaids aren't real, so, so what the really, fuck? So, and, like, and we're talking about this completely dystopian reality. It's like, you're you're so set on this portion of it that you can't even clock the fact that this, none of this is real. Right. So really, the fantasy is up to the, the, the interpreter and the person who creates it to say... Okay, this is what it's going to be mm-hmm. like, and we we're using these examples to demonstrate that the whole argument about like, because I heard that argument reaction to like the Victoria's Secret fashion show. People offer criticisms about that fashion show, yeah, because and, they were arguing about whether or not trans women should be allowed to walk in the show, which is wild because trans women are women. But the whole thing was that trans women can't hold the fantasy. But like, I don't know if you follow Nikita Dragon on Instagram, but no, I, I follow her. She's mm-hmm. a trans woman, and she is like the epitome of fantasy come so, on what are we saying here it's it's just wild because you can't i i just don't understand what the the benefit is in completely just excluding a group of people from accessing your thing like yes. i really don't understand why that would be the case like you i mean i guess i do understand it because you your purpose is to exclude. Like, that's really what you want to do. Yeah, but it's only because your specific vision doesn't include these people or your specific fantasy doesn't include these people, but you're cutting off a whole bunch of people who you could market to who do have this fantasy. So I I 100% don't understand it because you're you're taking money out of your own pocket. Right. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. But the thing about the body positivity movement that they were essentially critiquing was that people who who look like and are shaped like the Ash the Grams of the world, those are the people who are being used to represent the movement, as opposed to people who, you know, have a stomach, like, who have rolls, who have, like, arms that are large. Who who have have stretch marks. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. When a woman is described as thick, what does that mean to you? Big ass, big thighs, usually small waist. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. If I told you that the word thick was uh, originally used by fat women Mm -hmm. with rolls and with stomachs and with arms to describe themselves as something other than fat because that was seen as derogatory. I think it's still seen as derogatory. I personally don't, but if you want to use thick, use thick, sis. But it was used by fat women to describe themselves as something other than the derogatory term fat. And then was co-opted by women like Ashley Graham who right. have mm-hmm. waists or who have thighs and hips and small waists and flat stomachs. It's like, can you let us have something? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can't... All these things that were for us and you feel like you need to come and take them. For what? Nobody is coming at you talking about your stomach hangs lower than your, your waist. Like, nobody, nobody's saying that to you. No, nobody's saying that to you. And it's just wild because... In in what you just asked me, my re- response was so immediate because that's all you. That's the association with thick, and it's crazy because I'm like, for me, I always when growing up, thick was like thick, like yes. you were juicy, like yes. you were you <laughs> juicy. There was there was not only just ass thighs. Oh, of course, those things come along with it, but it was like, oh, you also, you know, you had a stomach. Mm-hmm. You were like meteor, like you were something someone could hold on to, right? And I'm, I'm like, I. I as I'm, this is, I took a break from Instagram, but when I was on Instagram, there was a lot of like fit, skinny, not fit, not skinny, but I would say fit, muscular um, men who like to be referred to as thick. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a very interesting 
turn of events. Like, how did, <laughs> how, in the words of Deborah Cox, how did you get here? Get here. Nobody. <laughs> like, nobody is supposed to be here. Okay? I tried that love thing for the last time. I don't understand how we got here where you are must... And it's crazy because it's like, you don't want to tell anybody how to identify. That's your business. You live your life. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, when the when we use terminology and it keeps changing to fit the scenario because people... It seems like we're just trying to move farther away from fat. Right. That's why I'm at this place now where I'm like, I... We're claiming fatness. Like, it, it took a, it took a minute. I'm not going to lie. Same. It took a journey. But I'm claiming fatness. I'm like, I am fat. Mm-hmm. And fat doesn't mean nothing else, you know? Right. I am fat and also beautiful and also a majestic unicorn and also black and also smart, you know? Right. So, and I can't, there cannot be a body positivity movement without fat people. I refuse to be a part of any body positivity movement without fat people. Correct professing that they're okay with their bodies in their current form and that they're going to wear your garments, they're going to look sickening, and they're going to show up to your function and be like, I'm that bitch. So if that's something that you're uncomfortable with, as someone who professes to be a part of the body positivity movement, then you, I'm not saying that that's what Ashley Graham professed, I'm just saying, you know, for people in general, then don't, I'm not, no, I will not accept that right. because you can't, I'm, I refuse to allow a, a movement that's supposed to be about everyone having positive, bo- positive body image. Because it's like, it's crazy because people have really convinced fat people that you are, you should not be happy because you're fat. Right. You should not. And I'm sitting here like, what? And not just you shouldn't be happy with your body because that would be one thing. It's still wrong, but that would be one thing. It's just mm-hmm. like, you should not have a happy life because you're fat. The only thing you should be concentrating on is is being unfat, is being not fat any longer. That you don't deserve happiness. Right. I'm like, the fuck? What like, fuck of- everything else that's going on in my life. I just concentrate on not being fat. Like, stop everything. Craig's in trouble. <laughs> like, bitch, I'm... No, that is absolutely unacceptable. I refuse. I refuse. I'm going to be happy as a fat person. I want other fat people to be happy. If you're on the come up, if you're on the come down, if you're not even worried about weight, if you're just living your life and right. trying to focus on paying these bills and this money, why people are killing us. Like, <laughs> you, we have other things that we have to worry about. So, we're not going to, we're not going to, to limit ourselves to fit your specific model of what, you know, we, you feel like we should live our lives like. I don't mm-hmm. know. I refuse to. So, I think... I fundamentally reject that. Uh, 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 I think that on the t-shirt. I fundamentally reject that. So, th- the thing in the article that was so interesting was that I totally forgot that that was, like, a thing that you, you kind of had these two competing arguments coming out of the movement where you were like, they're the people who originally were the the foremothers of the movement, you know, mm-hmm. um, who were saying this is really just about fat acceptance. And then that being taken away from the body positivity movement, and now it's becoming something more than that, but then it's still this argument of, like, fat acceptance versus body positivity. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When I was in college, my first year of college, mm, job. I remember I interacted with one of my um, floormen, and I remember he asked, he asked me, we were not having a conversation about weight at all. But he was like enamored with the fact that I was okay and there wasn't any kind of situation where I was talking about weight loss or like struggling with weight. He was like, you don't want to lose weight? I forget the context of the conversation, but that was something that he said. He was like, you don't want to lose weight? Like he's projecting his discomfort with my body in space by asking me 
if I want to lose weight. And don't try to say that this is some shit where I'm completely overanalyzing this. No, because this has happened multiple times. And first of all, nigga, I just met you. I mean... And this is crazy. Why the fuck? So here's my number. But don't, but call, don't call me, dumbass. Because okay. why the fuck would I talk to you about my weight when I met you 30 seconds ago? Fuck okay. out of here. And I'm like... I don't know you, you know? okay? I don't know who you are and why you're talking to me in this way. And I just was like, um, I'm okay. Like, I'm legitimately okay. At that point, I mean, I still would probably say I was suffering a little bit. But whose business is that but yours? It, 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 say it again for the people who are sitting in the back. It ain't nobody's business but mine, nobody's but I'm doing business. with my body. It's, it's wild. But it, the fact that people make it a point to, like, project, like I said, project their insecurity. And it, it's not even your own insecurity. It's their discomfort with your body. Right. And it's like, you have, you, and it's, this does not happen to skinny people. It does, like, it does not. not. It does not happen to thin people. It does not no. happen to muscular people or people who are perceived to be athletic. Like, it does not happen to them. They are not made to feel, unless you work in like a, like an industry where weight is a part of, like, if you have, like, a weight class or something like that, I probably feel like those conversations are probably happening. Yeah, like, like wrestlers are probably told to lose weight every now and then. Or boxers, or gain weight. But yeah, yeah. And I was going to say that it's like a, unless you're protruding on someone's space. But I'm going to take that back, because if I were, like, a, a six-foot-three super muscular football player, mm. and I sat next to someone on the bus, they would be less offended that I was spilling over into their chair than if I were just me, my my size 22 self. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not about personal space in most cases either. It's about your perception that I'm sloppy or that I don't care about myself. Right, or you have no self-control right. or anything like that. You're messy. You smell interestingly. That's another thing we can talk We're going to have an episode about stereotypes for fat people uh-huh. unpacking those. Oh, because I got a lot of those. Okay, so, okay. I had a girl, I was going through <laughs> it the other day. I was like, they're, um, they're, the girl's going to be mad when that episode comes <laughs> up, but it is okay. But, yeah, I think the body positivity movement, I think, as a whole, has, for me, really just been about, and this is going to be my question to you to kind of wrap it up, what do you feel like the body positivity movement means to you? And I think, for me, it's about just getting more voices in space. Right. I think, that I think, the critique that they were making in the article about the body positivity movement, low-key, like we already had said, you can argue literally about any movement. Is that once it hits the mainstream, it starts to become obviously more whitewashed. That was mm-hmm. the thing that they said. It's like, it's so many white people who are becoming the faces of the movement. And then specific body types are going to come to the fore. And then we're not going to be having any kinds of critical conversations about like how really the movement is to be political, is to say... I'm fat, and the 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 way that I'm going to um, the way that I'm going to advocate for myself, or the way that I'm going to protest, is by being fat in public, mm-hmm. like being fat in space, being fat by in, wearing the crop top, by wearing the crop top, by, by wearing, wearing the, the bikini, shorts, mm-hmm. by showing my thighs, by you're going to see the cellulite, like mm-hmm. get into this body in public space. So the fact that the body positivity movement, I feel like kind of moved away from that as it got more mainstream is sad, but it's not something that I attribute to the body positivity movement. It's more so the gatekeepers. Right. It's really what it's about. Right. Because I've always thought that the body positivity movement was about loving my body no matter what state it's in. Right. If I want to change it, that doesn't mean I can't love it in the state that it's in. Right. Like, yes, I would like to lose weight, but that doesn't mean that at the weight that I am in now that I can't love myself. Mm And it's crazy because literally everyone deserves positive self value. Right. Like you That's just, like saying, yes, I want to make more money, 
but I shouldn't be allowed to spend my money now. Like, <laughs> like, niggas still have to eat. Like, yeah, they still have to. Exist. Niggas still have to do self care. Niggas still have to go to the movies every now and then so that they don't go crazy. Niggas still have to do weekly, weekly consumption. consumption. So, what are you eating this week? And by eating, I mean consuming. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, chicken. Oh, I have mine. If you don't have yours, yeah, go ahead. So, I was listening to a podcast. Because I listen to a lot of them. I listen to a podcast, and this was, this actually is a really, really old episode, but they were talking about exfoliating gloves for your body. Mm-hmm. So I went to Amazon, I read the reviews for these gloves, and I bought some. These, I've only used them twice, because I recently just got the package, so don't come for me, y'all. So <laughs> I do shower, y'all, don't come for me. So um, I got the package recently. And they're everything. Yeah. It's really, 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 really good. Like your body feels so much more clean after you get out the shower. It's like you're lifting, truly lifting the dirt. Because like I just use like a washcloth. Same. And I mean, I use my loofah, but that's still not an exfoliator. Well, I feel like I, I could argue a loofah is an exfoliator. I just think it depends on like the, the texture. The grit. Of, yeah. Yes. And how like hard or soft it is. But. I was because I some I have like acne body acne on my legs and it's really weird because I don't understand why I have it. <laughs> I don't, so I was like I don't know if it's a question of be like not like scrubbing hard enough or like not truly exfoliating my legs because maybe the fibers on my cloth were like too soft to actually lift anything. So I was like okay let me try this. So I like it first of all I think it's super efficient because it's like you have two gloves on in the shower and sure. you're literally just like <laughs> what's it feel like though because I don't like things on my hands. Does it feel weird on your hands? <laughs> I don't like things on. I don't like. My I don't like to wear gloves. I don't really like to wash dishes because the water be on my hands. You know. I'm gonna go home. I don't like when my hands feel things. I don't. Like, I don't like to wear socks either because it just touched me too close. You know, like I don't. It feels claustrophobic. I don't know what's happening here, but my question is: Is it like sticky or like itchy on the sticky. inside? <laughs> is it sticky? Is it itchy on the inside? Is it making no, hands feel hot? Because, like, I have the, the glove that you well, use. Well, you're in the shower, water. bitch. Do you shower in hot water or cold water? Hot. Okay. But I the was... room doesn't feel hot. Like, I don't be sweating in the shower. That's not a thing. I mean, I don't be sweating. I didn't say that you were. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that you were. So, already your hands are going, it's going to be wet because it's on your hand. It doesn't feel like a wet, like, glove, like a winter glove. It feels like a, like the texture of kind of like a softer roll pad. But just on your glove, on your hand. Okay. And you use it all over your body, I guess with whatever kind of soap that you want to use. I just use like a, a Dove soap bar, like an Olay soap bar, and I rub it onto the glove and then rub it on my body. And I feel like it really, like, my body feels cleaner. And then it feels like the moisture, once I put on lotion or oil or whatever, it penetrates deeper because... I lifted, like, that dry skin so I can really block in that fucking moisture, bitch, because it's all about maintaining mm-hmm. moisture. Correct. Locking it into your skin. Yeah, so that's been my weekly consumption. I've been using the Walmart grocery app on my telephone. Come on. Where you telephone. order the groceries through the app, and then you just pull up, and they put it in the trunk for you so you don't have to walk around the store. <laughs> I love it. I've done it the last, like, six times I grocery shop. I look forward to it. Wait. What? So you <laughs> there's an app where you put in your everything that you want at Walmart, mm-hmm. and they send people out. So slavery they send people out <laughs> to, to your car, and they load it into the truck. I don't even have to get out. This is wonderful. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I went. Well, I went um, either yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. 
Um, but the last time I went before that, I took the dogs with me. We went to the park first, we took the dogs for a walk. The dogs were in the car. And it's like, you can't grocery shop with the dogs, you know? Like, I can't mm-hmm. take the dogs into like, Walmart. Walmart. So, um, <laughs> I talk about the white to be taking their dogs every place. My dogs are not service dogs, and I don't pretend that they're service dogs or emotional support dogs. They're just dogs that live in my house. Emotional support. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't go into stores with me unless it's a dog-friendly store, which Walmart is not. So, but they were with me. They stayed in the car. We all stayed in the car. I just popped the trunk and he loaded the groceries right into the trunk. And Here's we drove the on issue home. that I have with this. First of all, you know, obviously, again, slavery. But also... <laughs> I mean, they get paid. Not well, but you, they get paid. AKA slavery. <laughs> but I also feel like that's opening things up for people to forget shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if, 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 if I have to get it for myself, I can't blame anybody but me if I, like, lose a bag or something like that yeah. or leave something at the store but if somebody else did that I that is an affront to my character I mean but the good thing is you get a refund on anything that you don't make it home with so like the last two times I put in the cart oh so it's happened yeah but I put in the cart a five bag a five count bag of avocados when I got home there's only three avocados in the bag I'm going <laughs> back to the store because if I could go back I'm really going there no, so I just I put on the app that I didn't get all five of my avocados. They refunded the whole thing, all three dollars and ninety eight cents. Come on, come Both on. Both times, and it's like immediately is it refunded? Like is there a refund process? Yeah, I, it was overnight. I wouldn't say immediate. So like I did it yesterday, and it's already back on my card today. Okay, okay, so that's good though. At least they already have like a procedure. In yeah. Place, so. I love it. I love not having to walk around Walmart because you see the, the craziest people. There. And those floors are hard. Like, they're really hard. I don't understand why. Can we get some carpet in this bitch? Like, some plush? And it'd be crowded because I can only go on the weekends because of my job. It'd be crowded. Mm-mm. There'd be a million people in there with their kids screaming. So what's your... Never mind. I'm not going to ask you a question. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, what's your favorite department store? I mean, like, Walmart adjacent store. Target. Target is like Walmart, but for rich people. And I'm not rich. Mm. So I would say Walmart. <laughs> but Walmart also, I have problems with like it fundamentally. Like it doesn't pay its workers enough. Right. There are a lot of things that I have issues with Walmart, but also it gives me the cheap shit. Yeah, so. I mean, because niggas have to eat and niggas have to survive. So I mean, we live in a world that's run by corporations the fuck anyway. So you might as well get what you can. <laughs> you might as well get your, because Walmart, the, the Walmart that I go to, they're the only ones, well, not that specific location, but Walmart in general be having specialty snacks. I feel like they don't be having snacks that other places be having because mm-hmm. they're the only ones that have the jalapeno popping Doritos, bitch, that come in the green bag. And same with the jalapeno uh, Cheetos. Them shits. Oh, my God. The fucking jalapeno... The jala- okay, jalapeno popping Doritos. I just need you to sponsor me because they're so fucking delicious. <laughs> they're so delicious. Like, oh, my God. Because it's not like hot it's jalapeno flavored it's like tangy because yeah. i really don't bang with jalapenos if i'm being honest on things um like if i get a nacho don't give me a jalapeno if i get a burrito don't give me a jalapeno if i get a taco please hold the jalapeno i mean what what even are you eating at that point then beef in a shell yeah. <laughs> it is still delicious because when you put jalapeno on my thing, my mouth is going to burn. Jalapeno is the whole point. This is really just offensive. I understand <laughs> why it is that you are attacked by a character in this way. It, there is no reason. You're this bland ass food. <laughs> yeah, but the jalapeno papa Doritos are really, really good. So, mm-hmm. shout out to Walmart, but also pay your workers. Right. Also, <laughs> not so. 
we hope you enjoyed episode official episode one of fat people with opinions make sure you leave us a comment let us know how we did let us know what you would change let us know how you felt about the topic please you know like subscribe comment and then follow um taylor on her social because she's on social now correct i mean taylor renee r-y-n-a-i taylor renee taylor renee follow her um don't follow me (laughs) (laughs) because i have deleted the apps from my phone Taking a break from the social. He said, don't watch me watch TV. Okay. You can listen to me, though, here. Yes, on this podcast. Fat Fat people people with opinions. opinions. Come on. (laughs) And that's a wrap, bitch. Bye. Bye.